Welcome everyone to the best damn podcast in all the land. It is the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am Matt. I am Quesadilla Kyle. I'm Jose. I'm Brian. It is another Friday night in beautiful, hot, sweaty Phoenix, Arizona. Is it we recording? No, we're not recording, Jose. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're, we are not recording right now, Jose. We're just, it's just a practice run. <laughs> All right, a dry run. <laughs> How was you guys' week? Long. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Actually, so, my bike pretty quick for me, surprisingly. <laughs> 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 right, dice, so, Jose. Welcome <laughs> to all of our first time listeners with a belch from Jose. Yep. Hi, everybody. So I was watching Family. Uh, There's that today. lack of journalistic integrity that that we have <laughs> that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions on Family Feud today was, they asked 100 women, um, "What was the sign that your mate was too young to get married?" And there were seven answers. And what do you think the top three answers were to that? Played video games. They didn't know the words to uh, the Christmas games, Prince of Bel Air. Number two. Video games is number two. Video games is number two. Uh, still lives at mom and dad's house. Bur- uh, flatulence. No. Burping and farting. They, did it. they don't know the words to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> so the number one action, uh, number one answer was they had action figures and toys. Number two was video <laughs> games. Number three was comic books. Oh jeez. <laughs> This is a terrorist seal type. Those are the top three answers. That, that explains a lot. Right? Yuki not... turns and laughs. She just kind of points and laughs at me. No wonder, uh, <laughs> you know, no wonder three-fourths of this podcast are uh, single. <laughs> I said, hey, I know a lot of people that fit that criteria. All right. I just uh-huh. thought it, it was just hilarious. I just thought it was fucking funny. What, who's hosting that now? Steve Harvey. Isn't that black guy? Steve Harvey. Yeah, Steve Harvey. Okay. All right. Because I saw one where uh, Wayne Brady was hosting. That must have been like... Um, oh, Wayne Brady right. hosts uh, Let's Make a Deal. Yeah. Price is Right is uh, Drew, Drew Funny Drew Carey. Carey. Drew Cleveland Rocks Carey. He's starting to look like Bob Barker. A little bit <laughs> You mold into it. He's molding into him. In another 10 years, it'll look just like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. All of a sudden, one day, he's doing sp- spay and neuter your pet's ads. Yeah. So, anybody else do anything exciting? Don't all talk at once. I know, right? Well, yeah, just work. I mean, it, yeah, it was kind of a, it's been a a long week for me. I mean, I was let's see, me personally, I was sick Tuesday, so I laid in bed and watched Avengers Endgame all day. So Ooh, that's not bad. On four because it came out on four K. Not bad. And you guys uh, hit up the shop, books and toys. Yep, comic books and toys. <laughs> Any of you guys hit up the shop this week? I did. I did. What'd you guys pick up? Um, I picked up the new X Men. I picked up that as well. 
the what are you garbage, sure the two garbage carnage tie-ins. Did you read them? Uh, I skimmed through them and I put them back. They're bad, huh? Yeah, and then I got like I think Batman came out, and then my just a couple regular titles. Dude, I'll flash. I was absolutely pissed off that I spent five bucks a book on those tie-ins. I was so mad. Like I got home and I read it, and I was like, I want to go back to the store and return this crap and get my five dollars back. Like I want five bucks. Well, dude, you know I go to the so like that's my my gripe right now with Marvel is like they've got these big events and they've got you hooked in and they're like, oh, you know. Hickman's right next men now. Come get come read X Men, but we're gonna charge you five dollars a book, you know, and it's <laughs> gonna be a weekly book. So I'm like, all right, I got three books. It shouldn't be no big deal. Nineteen dollars for three books. What? Yeah, for three books. Yeah, because all three of them were four ninety nine plus because it's, the two Carnage books were four dollars plus. And then the X-Men book was $4 plus. Five bucks wow. plus, sorry. But I did pick up uh, the new uh, Karen Gillian book that's kind of blowing up right now, Once in Future. Yeah, that book is blowing up right now. So um, That's a big book right now in the spec market. So what's it about? Uh, I haven't read it yet. Apparently it's a, it's supposed to be very much like a, a King Arthur type story. Yeah. Um, I know, like, I know I like Karen Gillian's writing from Die, Die, Die. So I, uh, I just picked it. I saw it. I couldn't get it into that. Really? I mean, it's a D&D based book. It's, it's pretty much what it is. So. I'm, I've read the first couple issues. And I just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Well, uh, Reagan, Greg Schoen was telling me about it. Like he's been blowing it up and, and blowing it up. And they were, he was talking to me at, um, at length about Karen Gillian when we were at, uh, San Diego having dinner. And he was the one that told me about once in future coming out. And it kind of clicked when I saw it on the shelf. So I was like, Oh, I'll pick it up and check it out. And, the local local comic shop had one per customer. So the one thing I'm finding interesting though is like too with the local comic shops is a lot of local comic shops I think um, went went light on the the Hickman X Men books House of X and Power of X because like I'm having a hard time finding the normal covers like all all I can find is like the variant covers which is very odd. What do you mean? Are they doing an A and a B, or are they doing an actual um, incentive variant? Then that's what you're seeing. Well, so they've got. They had a few cut. They have a few covers. Yeah, and like the local, the local comic shop I go to down the street, they they um they ordered real light on it because they were like, oh, it won't be that big of an event, and they ordered real light on it, and like they for the last two weeks they haven't had the main covers. So like last week I had to get a Scotty Young variant because that's all they had. And then this week, all they had was yeah. a $10 1 in 25 variant that had, um, oh God, uh, Scott Summers' brother, Nathan, Nathan Summers, on it. Not Nathan Summers. God damn it. Had, um, I can't think of his name right now. Fuck. Scott Summers' brother on it. 
Um, Havoc? Havoc. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it had Havoc on it. And the dude wanted 12 bucks for it. And I was like, I'm not paying 12 bucks for this book. So I had to go to a couple different shops before I actually found the, the normal cover for this week's issue. So which person I think looks better than any variant cover that's out there. Talk about the book. So what did you think of, what do you think about the storyline so far? You guys both checked it out, right? I haven't read the new issue, but I don't care about spoilers. So run with it, Matt. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the place. Like it's all over the place, but I'm having a kind of a hard time following some of it because it's like he's writing three different storylines at uh, three different timelines at once. So like last week's issue um did a lot to show um like the different timelines that the, he's establishing and and everything like that and then this week so like this week's book is very much in the timeline where Charles Xavier is aware that his his goal and his mission and his dream of Mutants and so humans. the last timeline from the book, yeah, from the last book, yeah, where his his mission and stuff is not um, gonna work. So he goes, he goes, and joins Magneto, and he he searches out Magneto, and they kind of, you know, join forces, and and Magneto's like, all right, well, I'll trust you for now, but um, you know, if you show a momentary weakness, I'm gonna I'm gonna capitalize. And uh, and basically overthrow you. He's like, I'm gonna pick my opportunity, and if you show a momentary weakness, I'm gonna capitalize and, and overthrow you. That's badass. And Charles Xavier is like, I wouldn't expect anything less from you. And so McTraggart uh, tell shows Magneto. Magneto's like, Why should I trust you? And so she shows him all of the different timelines that she's been a part of, and then that's kind of what when Xavier is like, look, we got to do things differently. We've got to, we've got to be a gods now instead of trying to live among them. Uh, that's why Magneto pretty much agrees to, to join them. Yeah. yeah. So I've then, always thought Magneto was a complete badass. So then it cuts to, um, like the current. So that was the past timeline. And then it cuts to the the year that was the year one timeline. Now it casts to the year ten timeline, where they're kind of where they're talking to Scott Summers about having to um, go shut down. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was that they had to go shut down, but they're trying to go shut. Basically, they're going to shut down the new the new Sentinel, the new character Sentinel that they created in the future. From ever being uh, Nimrod, yeah, Nimrod. From ever being um, created, so they're like, we got to go shut down this planet because this is where Nimrod, in the point in time where Nim, we believe Nimrod, Nimrod is created. So we got to stop a Nimrod from ever existing. And then it cuts to you about to eat, Jose. Yep. Yeah. What, what are you about, about to eat, Jose? Uh, they're they're Belvita. Fuck myself. I'm just gonna fucking be loud and obnoxious about it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Just for you, Kyle. Not for me. And then it cuts to year 100, which is the timeline where she's with Apocalypse and like 
Apocalypse has his own little X-Men team and like Wolverine is working with Apocalypse and and they're trying to to fight against Nimrod and it's just like it's real interesting all the different timelines that's badass like, that it's working with here and and it's you have a patch on who Wolverine no okay so it's like it's kind of all over the place like there's so many different timelines that are are going on here and it's it's like I don't know it sounds like he's doing a lot of the stuff major X-Men fans really wanted to do or wanted to see um yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see how like everything spins out of the books because I feel like there's so much going on in them that they're they're confusing at times. I, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, like just because you don't know X Men lore good enough, or no, uh, just because when they're going back and forth in the timelines is just totally kind of like Memento style. It, well, because the timelines all seem to clash, so it's like. So there's event. So the book starts out with with events take that are going on in year one, then it goes to those same events being talked about in year ten, and then year one hundred it's it's being talked about in the same events. So like, they're talking about the you know Xavier's approaching Magneto in year one, and then in year ten they're talking about shutting down Nimrod and needing to steal codes to to shut down Nimrod, and then it c jumps to year ten. It our year 100 and that shows them trying to infiltrate their mainframe with with apocalypse to to get the codes that they need to do everything and then like it jumps into the future again so like just the mismatch of teams and like it's it's a lot of timelines going on at once and i think that's a lot of what the last that she did was to set up these timelines Yes, Tim. Tim says exactly. It's like watching the movie Twelve Monkeys for the first time. Ah, I got you. So it's just like all over the place, and it's good. But I think he's doing a lot of he's doing a lot to go back and like erase a lot of the bullshit that's happened to the X Men and happened in X Men lore over the years. So good. It's. Yeah. That's what we needed. All I know is that it is it is definitely one of the hottest books right now on the market. Like, well, I don't know. for people to read, that's for yeah, damn sure. For sure, not not the speculation market, but I mean, like, popular as it. A lot of people are into it. A lot of people are reading it. A lot of people are demanding it because they, I mean, Marvel did a good job. Even at San Diego, they did a good job of of hyping this change to the x-men and they give you that look of like the books that are going to spin out of this with excalibur and new mutants and like all the different teams and it's it's starting to kind of take shape where you kind of see these teams working together now and it'll be interesting to see where they they take it going forward well something crazy that uh we noticed this week is the whole Thing versus Hulk stuff. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> think Makes me hate Jeff's a lot more. Yeah. That's God. what it does. He's such a schmuck, man. It's like he takes all the continuity and all the history that we have and just 
Shit's on you. Deal with it. Yep. I'm just gonna crinkle this shit up and I'm gonna throw it in the garbage. <laughs> yep. So it's always great to have you know have uh, writers not care. There's the exact opposite. You got a writer that does care with all the continuity and stuff and uh, and um, Hickman or I mean uh, who's doing the X Men? Hickman. Hickman is. Yeah, yeah, Hickman. You got somebody like Hickman and Donny Cates who really care about the continuity. It sure as hell isn't Jose's fucking rapper. Yeah. Nope. Well, fuck. But, I mean, I, I'm i enjoying that, you know, the X-Men book so far. And I'm, I'm kind of sad that, you know, Uncanny's not coming back. But, but you know, like with the, Dan, with the Dan Slot shit. See, I'm getting off track here all over the place. With the Dan Slott thing and Hulk thing, like, we've seen this fight play out a couple different times in comics, and I don't think you really needed a definitive winner to this, ever. No. Like, they could go back no. and forth, and they it could, they could have rubber matches. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. And for him to, like, d- definitively put have the thing put down the Hulk and now have it declared where he's the definitive winner of the fight, like... It doesn't make sense. The Hulk is a massive raging beast, and the matter he gets, the stronger he gets. Hard on. And yeah, hard on. <laughs> and the stronger he gets. So like at some point you think he's gonna overpower thing. And like the way they did it where his wife reminds him that he has heart. So his heart oh, is God. stronger than rage, and that's what leads him the to, that was- to win the fight. <laughs> the thing that was kind of cool was the only thing that was almost cool about it, Thing fighting Hulk was Thing hit him so hard his whole his arm busted apart and all the rocks and everything flew off. It's all rock. That is kind of cool. Like it hit like it was like it's, it's like kind of gone now. He'll probably reform. When he woke up like later or whenever it was. It, it, it put him out after it because you know that much you know, fuck Goku energy fucking build up. <laughs> yeah, Alicia Masters hasn't been around for a while. <laughs> he has to channel all that key. Yeah. <laughs> he was getting his his, uh, his spirit bomb going. All that masturbation rage. <laughs> it exploded. <laughs> like from scary movie. Right, yeah, fucking <laughs> plaster to the ceiling. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. But you know, part of me is like, is it, is it just because Dan Slott wrote it? I don't like it. Like, if it would have been another writer, would I have been like more accepting of it? Or is it just because I my 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 true hatred for Dan Slott? Like your hatred. I, I just think it, <laughs> I think it's something that we didn't need a definitive end to. Like they can go back and forth. Why, why do you need to declare a winner? It's kind of cool that they had for forever. They had left it pretty much a draw. Yeah. It's like Superman and um, the Flash running. Depends who writes it. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I just hate Dan Slot. Period. So. <laughs> I just think he got, he got, I mean, I can't defend him. He spent so many years fucking us. Yeah. 
it's growing up Spider-Man. And... He didn't even put lipstick on before he fucked us. Yeah, but you know what? Sand. Uh, Ryan Otley is, has done a lot for that Spider-Man. I like to I like to be bought dinner before I get fucked. <laughs> yep. Um, Otley's just so, drawing that book. He's not even the writer on that book. Yeah. Who's who's doing the who's writing on that? I thought Otley was doing some of the writing too in those first couple issues. No, he's doing the art. He's the art. I don't even know if well, he's still the artist. He was doing the art. No, he's yeah, not. He uh, didn't it, didn't they just announce a new team that's coming for that new uh, storyline? Uh, Nick Spencer is the writer. Tim said. Thank you, Tim. Yes, thank you, Tim. Moderator, thank you, moderator. Tim. Moderator Tim. <laughs> well, you know, to, to Sagu from Otley, uh, you know, Sagu. doing uh, Walking Dead covers every once in a while. Uh, he said, news that, he uh, says that Otley's back on the book as of two issues ago. Because I know he yeah. wasn't on the book for a lot of the, the, Craven, the, hunt, the Craven Hunt stuff. I just picked up the new issue yesterday when I was at the comic book store. And it, was his, it was his cover that was on it for sure. Um, Charlie Adlard stepping down from ever doing zombies. Do you blame him? No, not at all. Not at all. There's there's uh, one douchebag that decided he was going to make zombies be the his magnum opus, and he's such a douchebag over, and that's Arthur Sidem. So I'm glad that uh, Charlie Adlard's going the other route. Why pigeonhole yourself? Yeah, I mean he. And in the article that they were talking to him about it, he's not even, he doesn't even want to be like, he doesn't even want to do full books anymore. He just wants to do short projects, small things, you know, just be no real lines. I, I, I think, think he's got enough dead money that he can actually like. You got some fuck you money? Yeah, he can enjoy himself. Well, as I say, he could be like, he's got enough and done enough where he could be like a, um, a Scotty Young or a J. Scott Campbell and just do covers or just do variants and, and be fine, you know? I don't know. Some of his last covers have been fucking garbage when he's done other books. All but right. He did that. All right, Corbin. All right. Bri oh, not to get off topic here, Brian, real quick, but we got, oh. I want you to weigh in here, Brian. <laughs> Better book. <laughs> Quarter Owl, a better story. Quarter Owls or Gotham by Gaslight? Not even a question. It's Quarter Owls, right? Yeah, Quarter Owls. That's not even a question. <laughs> yeah. Quarter Owls is like top top 10 all-time Batman storylines. Corbett's just Gotham great. by Gaslight's like, Gotham by Gaslight's amazing. Let me be wrong. It's fucking amazing. But it's but not. Gotham, Quarter Owls is badass. Yeah, but Gotham by Gaslight's like maybe top 25 um i would say so many good there's there's too many good batman storylines i mean it's unreal how many good there's not another character that has better storylines in the amount than batman Cor corbin you know, this conversation is over now all right it's done like you admit that you're drinking the kool-aid and it's just done all right Corbin's like he really thought Corbin says Ryan wow. we're gonna yeah he did he told me he was like 
everyone's going to agree with me. Brian, Kyle, everyone will agree with me that Gotham by Gaslight is a top 10 Batman story. I was like, it's not. It's really not. It's really not. It's a great story. It's a great story, but it's not a top 10 Batman story. It's yeah. definitely a top 10 Elseworlds story. It's probably a top 5 Elseworlds story. But in Batman stories, it's not in the top 10. He's he's shocked that you you said top twenty five. He said not even top fifteen. Yeah, not even top fifteen. Well, you know, I, I tell you that you know that's a very good question. We should we should tackle that. Bring Corbin on for an episode. We all write out our our favorite our top twenty five or top. Let's do top twenty Batman storylines. And if that's too much, we'll decide to do top ten. Yeah, do we do top ten? But everybody has to reread uh, Quarter mm-hmm. Owls, and everybody has to reread Gaslight. Yeah, because I already promised Corbin that I would reread both. Reread, reread, reread. Corbin's down for it. Corbin's down for it. He said, "Let's do it." All right, we'll we'll put that together. Yeah, because that's we'll, we'll we'll let the audience get in too. Um, you guys can tell us, make your lists, tell us what you guys think. And if you say metal, then you're out. No, nobody says I should post a poll. I did that. I did it on Facebook. But that's why I did it, because we were having the conversation about how me and Corbin were having the conversation. I was like, dude, Gotham by Gaslight is good, but it's not top 10 Batman good. I was like, Court of Owls has done so much to define the character of Batman, and there's so much just, that the I Court of Owls. I just let Corbin know real quick that Nubia is my wife, and she's not the waitress I'm trying to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going, man. I'm sorry, but yeah, we were just. It was just a conversation. I was, and he was like, "That's what I said." He was like, "No, nah, man." He was like, "Kyle and Brian, they'll agree with me." Ask them, man. That Gotham by Gaslight's a better story than, than Court of Owls. <laughs> So I said to Kyle, and Kyle just responded, "He's drinking the Kool Aid." And then, <laughs> and then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna post this to Facebook and just get people's reactions." And even that he was like, he spread it to Adonis and all his his group, and I was like, "Okay." And then Adonis fires back with, "Dude, Court of Owls is amazing. It's way better than Gotham, I guess." Like, so just watching Corbin's defeat roll over through the week has been has been interesting. And then Ken, Ken like wrote wrote a fucking autobot like a like essay about why Dude, he wrote a whole article on it. <laughs> he wrote an essay on why both article or both books are cool, but that um, Gotham or that Court of Owls is is better. So I think that would be a, a good idea. Let's uh, how do we let's um let's put this together we'll, we'll we'll chat back and forth with corbin and see when he's a good time to come on and then we'll post it on facebook so everybody can figure corbin's out ready to go to post a donuts anytime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> corbin has his booth at Bosa donuts on lockdown it's on reserve and it's got a reserve sign and how do you go to Bosa and not get donut and a hawaiian shaved ice Oh, dude, he, he had donuts last time he was on a Bosa. Yeah, but he didn't have the shaved ice, man. <laughs> How could you not get the shaved ice? One at a time. I think, I think with all of his water troubles, he's just trying to steer clear. 
<laughs> He's afraid that their water, water heater might bust and he might get stuff ruined. So did any of you guys see any or talk to anybody at the shops about those uh, Superman and Supergirl comics that got pulped? That they were asking to be destroyed? No, I wanted to talk about it. But he was busy. I, was, I, wanted, I wanted to ask him about it. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if, if they actually pulped him. Uh, you know what? That'd be a great thing to have is to talk to a comic book owner, sh- shop owner, and ask him shit like that. Like, So did they actually get him? And yeah, they were asking to destroy him? Yeah, they, were, they actually got him. That means everybody's hoarded him. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? All of a sudden, you're going to see a whole bunch on the C- CGC census. Yeah. Market. Yeah. Well, you remember that uh, one Elseworlds book? It was... Uh... Gotham by Gaslight. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like an 80 page giant Elseworlds and they had a story in there where somebody, some hero or somebody accidentally put a baby in a microwave <laughs> and and uh, DC didn't find it out till like really late and they had already shipped um, all the issues over to Europe so they, were, they pulped all the American ones but the European ones didn't get pulped like how, and, uh, how do you miss something like that? Like isn't that the job of your editor to catch editor? that shit? Yeah, oh, it's happened before. What about the Green Lantern fifty one with the um, the uh, was it like a baby in a freezer or something like that, or a dead body in a freezer? <laughs> I think that sometimes oh. the editors just let it go. So they're like, let's see what kind of craziness this could cause. Or, I think they're busy and they they give it to their assistant or they you know an intern and. Skim through it. What do you think? I'm working for free. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> That's what happens when you pass your work on to a Melvin. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I want to see see if they have any on eBay. Let's see if any of them show, have shown up on eBay yet. Tim's saying that the East Coast shops did not get any of the the, uh, the Superman Supergirl books. What number was it? Supergirl, like, uh, what, 33? Uh, let me check. What what would a book like that do for speculation if it got out into the? Oh, that's what I'm trying to find. It would be huge. It'd be massive. That'd be a book everybody would be trying to find. Rarity is fourteen and thirty three. So Supergirl thirty three or Supergirl fourteen? Supergirl thirty three, Superman fourteen. Okay. So why are they pulling it? Um, they had a cover mix up. Yeah, it was one on eBay right now with 44 minutes. It's up to six, 56 bucks. Damn. And then there's a Superman one going for 23.50. Here's a both of them going for 67. Supergirl one going for 37. They're selling all day. Let me see what the sold listings are. <laughs> Check this East Coast equals swamp ass. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what. Happens, yeah. Sixty dollars they sold for seventy five, fifty. So yeah. destroyed that shit. Yeah, they're smart to get it to the to the market as fast as possible. Beat everybody else. Yep. <laughs> I think it's funny the the speculation game. Like more now, the more that I've paid attention to, is very funny because, like, what last month that Power Go Go Power Rangers book was like super hot. 
because everyone thought it was a purple ranger and it's not a purple ranger it's it's a ranger it's a dude who apparently can morph into different rangers past and present because he's taking on the forms of different versions of rangers so they they call him they call him like a blue bastard in the new issue or something like that so he's not even purple so it's it's and the, the price is already tanked on it right i haven't looked at the price since but i just think it's it's funny how like people they're so quick to jump the gun on that spec like the donatello thing like the donatello death of donatello like an issue later he's back you know it's yeah is that a zombie no he wasn't a zombie i think i drove all the way to like Mesa or something. I remember that. I did too. I drove all the way to Mesa to get copies. Yep. That shit was was dropped like a rock. Did me and you went, didn't we, Brian? Not me. Maybe I I went with Green. I remember everybody went was going crazy for it. You were everybody was calling stores looking for it. (laughs) Yeah, because I I called. uh, Dreadnought, and they were like, "Yeah, we have one." And then they call, and they were gonna hold it for me. They call me back ten minutes later, and they're like, "Oh, this is a hot book now, so uh, we're gonna charge you eBay prices for it." And I told them to fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah, they're a bunch of assholes, anyways. Yeah, big shout out to Dreadnought Comics, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Um, that that's my biggest pet peeve, dude. Like, if it's the day the book releases. Don't do that shit to people. Yep. Like, if you're a real read, if that's someone that's like looking for the book, don't do that to people. Who cares if they're gonna make? If someone wants to really read the book, it's on their pull list. Right. Well, yeah, but like, I, I, but to, still, even if you're looking to buy it, all read previews just like the speculators do. Yeah, I don't read previews. I don't know what's coming. And out. that's why you call. That's why you call stores looking for shit yeah. when it's too late. But. Like even so, even with The Walking Dead, like I, I ordered The Walking like one ninety three. I ordered it. I went to the store to pick it up, and they're like, "Oh well, we got shorted. So, um, if you want a cop, we if you want a copy, we're gonna we're we've got more on order, but we're gonna charge you eBay prices for them." Okay, so I'm a subscriber <laughs> to the book. You don't have enough to fill my subscription, but when it comes in, you want to charge me eBay prices for it. Like, that's not, I, I don't think that's cool. Yeah, I agree. I pass on that. Yep. But everybody should read previews. There's a reason why they're out. So yep. See what's coming up. What do you guys think about uh, the rumors with Andrew Garfield playing uh, Moon Knight? I don't, I don't. That was pretty John Reeves. No. I'm on the fence about it. Now there's that speculation that Keanu Reeves was doing it. No, he's one of the people that he, Moon Knight is one of the characters that Keanu Reeves was had. They said he could play, but the problem is, is Keanu Reeves. If he comes into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's going to be kind of like a, a one-off or a, a not. He's not going to be a, a character that gets his own series or drives his own series because of how old he is. They want someone younger that they could sign to multiple deals and and things like that. So they're gonna, you know, Moon Knight, Andrew Garfield, and Moon Knight. I I don't know, like I don't know. Well, it, it kind of makes me wonder what are they doing with that? Are they going with the same like patterns that DC is? Is 
casting Robert Pattinson with with uh, as Batman. Like you're going with the the acting the ability and not the physique or the size or the character. And I don't know. I'm cool with that. What do you think about it, Brian? I, I'm cool with that. You're cool with Andrew Garfield. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that, man. Does Andrew Garfield? Well, what Matt was talking about, how, you know, he, I guess what you were saying, like he's just not a big, a bigger person, and you know, he's he's a smaller guy. Yeah, is that kind of what you're saying? Well, look at that guy that played Homelander. That guy wasn't like a big motherfucker, but he put that pulled off that role pretty good with that. That's you know, true. Fake muscle suit. Homelander. That was that was great, was man. More like home wrecker, am I right? Oh, oh, got him. Damn dad joke. <laughs> that was a good dad joke. Oh. What you're talking about. So I think in a couple yeah. weeks here, doesn't um, Joker debut in like Cannes can Film Festival or whatever? That movie should be coming to theaters soon, isn't it? Yeah, actually, in the next week or two, it should be premiering so. i know it premieres at cans but i think i think it has an october release date it doesn't it yeah or is it so. november let's find out it's pretty did you guys uh, read the story about how he came up with the laugh no did so he studied he went and studied there's a there's a, a, a disorder where you either laugh maniacally or cry a lot. And he went and studied that disorder and he based his laugh on, on that psych, you know, psychiatric disorder. But that was kind of cool. <laughs> Tim says he got it in a loot crate. <laughs> oh. oh man. What a thing. Goodbye loot crate. But, um, Dude, I'm super intrigued by that movie. The more that I hear about it and the, the fact that I read the script, the, the stuff from the script that leaked, I'm super intrigued by it. And I'm super intrigued by the fact that they're calling it the, the potentially the most controver controversial comic book movie ever written. And and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you're going to get more – it's more controversial than, say, Watchmen was when it came out. Like, no. it's, What did you read? What you didn't read the 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 leaked scripts and stuff? Mm. Well, I don't want to spoil it for people, but just just how like it's based on society created. They can do it themselves. Well, they already they said that from the beginning. Well, I know, but just kind of the <laughs> you had to read a leaked script to get that. <laughs> well, and it's it's more of a politically driven movie. Like it, he's it's kind of like. They've said that since the beginning. They get him in like a, it's like an Occupy Wall Street type of thing, and he uses it feels that. Like that's to, signing of Comic Con. What? <laughs> I thought I'm just fucking. I, with you. They didn't talk about it at all at San Diego Comic Con, but <laughs> just just the way they're they're moving with the the movie and it's, I don't know it's not like you said it's not following any Joker comics it's it's its own. This was all in the story. Yes, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I'm not trying to to give stuff away, you dick. So, so then they leaked it like when they first were talking about the movie. 
No. Because they said all this when they first were talking about the movie. I totally thought that Martin Scorsese was had something to do with this. I think he's producing it. I think Scorsese's a producer on it. I'm confused. What are you confused about, Kyle? Everything. Yeah, yeah right. Just what you're saying. It's, it's all stuff that was said a long time ago. I, I didn't... I figured if there was a leaked script, there would be more something interesting to it. Well, it, the the problem is, is that they're going to make him... The other thing is, is they're going to make um, Joker more sympathetic and relatable, kind of like what they did with, with Thanos and, uh, and Infinity War. So, they need to. They should. That's how Joker is is played out in the comics. And it's kind of like, and it's they're saying that um, if it's one bad day drove him to be criminally insane. Um, so just one. Yep. Just one. That's got to be a bad day. <laughs> a really shitty day. What happened was he was stuck in traffic. He couldn't take it. Right there. That's enough. And then he had a gun and a baseball bat. So they're saying that the Joker... And it's all around Michael Douglas. Um, they're saying that the Joker movie gives you the imagination that we live in a society uh, where Arthur Fleck is the ultimate victim. A man with multiple illnesses and traumas drive, driven to violent madness because everyone and everything in his life is hurting him. For much of the first act, he's actually a fairly sympathetic anti-hero. Uh, the point at which viewers fall off his side, however, will vary. One would hope smarter viewers will pick up that the biggest red flag in his behavior, namely stalking his uh, crush breaking into her apartment and calling her a whore when he finds out she has a boyfriend with villain protagonist of the movie. There's always a risk of red, um, real bad people thinking such movies are siding with them. Now I wish you didn't say that because I don't want to see that movie at all. That sucks. <laughs> it sounds so stupid now. Sounds like a bad romance movie. <laughs> You're mean. I'm the Joker now. Put <laughs> <laughs> a makeup. I don't know, man. I don't know if it could be as bad as New Mutants. <laughs> that shit's a fucking shit show. You guys read that article? <laughs> My battery's dead. Fuck it, it's a crime spree. I want to blow up everybody. Oh my god. <laughs> they broke in. They didn't steal anything. Whore! I'm out of here. That's it. Oh, it has broken me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm still excited about it because I want to see the movie and the way they go with it. Like sit here and, and joke about it all you want and poke fun, but like I think that. I think that it, it's all going to be in how, I don't know, the synopsis of it sounds weird, but I think the delivery of it's going to be completely different than what you think. And I don't think it's going to be just that. It's, I know it's going to be 
it's not going to be just like, oh, you cheated on me, you whore. It's going to be that that breakdown of, of psyche, of the mental illness. You're going to have to understand that, like his past and all of the mental breaking points that he hits. I think it's going to be a different type of movie. It's going to be more more mentally driven and, and yeah. trauma-based than, than just seeing your girlfriend cheat on you or something, you know? Or, or thinking that you have a girlfriend when you don't. Making up a girlfriend just to try to get out of things and impress people. <laughs> Hold on, I'll be right back. Are you back to me? <laughs> oh my god I fucking oh whiskey and ginger came out of my nose <laughs> oh man what a fucking dick <laughs> but but yeah moving on oh oh my god Wow. Oh man, that was fucking funny. <laughs> oh. oh shit! <laughs> All right, what's next? Stew. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew. laughs> well, good. Day. That was fucking funny, bro. <laughs> 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 um, but uh yeah for this week's episode of the absolute geek podcast i'm matt I'm and he was kyle and we will see you guys